0: we Welcome back to another episode of an express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have Games Editor Mark Kalaroff. We won't get to talk about the best action-adventure game today. (laughs) That's correct. Uh, This is a big week for your third-person action-adventures, but uh, not in the way you think. Uh, Also with us is Indie Games Editor Campbell Gill.
1: But we will get to talk about the best local co-op game today.
0: There we go. Ooh, this is is, oh, this is this is interesting. That's true. <laughs> this is a uh, I, I, Campbell. We're going to get to that because that's a a point of not a point of contention, but I think it could lead to an interesting discussion because the Switch does have a lot of great local co ops So I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. Yes, in an upcoming segment, but we thought it might be fun today to kick things off with another little listener um, email. Uh, we have so we've already talked about uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, the Chris uh, Pratt-helmed animated feature that is coming out next year, so this email is probably uh, like at least a week or two out of date, but we thought it still might be a fun opening topic to discuss here. Uh, So we have an email here, uh, once again from uh, Superfan Casey. Uh, So Casey writes, Hey guys, so in honor of the new Super Mario Brothers movie that's coming out next year, what is your favorite memories of any Mario video games you played back in the day? Mine would be Super Mario 64 because my siblings and I would play the game when we were young growing up and the levels can be hard and tricky, but it's worth it. Smiley face emoji. Uh, listen, this is a timeless question. Memories of Mario. I think like you could ask me this question like every week and I would have a different answer for you. Um, I-, I can kick things off if you, if you gentlemen prefer. Uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, for the NES is actually the first video game I ever played. Um, I had cousins who had an NES and they would occasionally visit and they would bring it with them. So we would they would they would lug that giant piece of hardware <laughs> the size of a freaking VCR. Um, we would hook it up to the TV and we would play Duck Hunt and Excite Bike and Super Mario Brothers. So Super Mario Brothers is uh, kind of a formative video game memory for me. I remember being very much like, you know obviously a child not really knowing how to play it but just like the the, the way the screen would scroll like the the, the my mind being blown by the uh, secret in world 1 2 where you can run on top of the screen and find the warp pipes like stuff like that is is a, is a kind of very core to my my early video game experiences um so that that's my earliest uh earliest and, and perhaps favorite Mario memory is is certainly playing uh Super Mario Brothers for the for the NES um, on the original NES hardware, it was super fun times. Um, what about you guys?
2: Ooh, I'm gonna. I know we're all gonna talk about the 3D games, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. avoid that for a minute. I'm gonna say Mario Kart Double Dash. I love that oh, game sure. on GameCube, especially how two people can team up for one kart, and that just used to be chaos. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it's still one of the.
0: It, it is still to me one of the best uses of like a two-player conceit. Mm-hmm. Um, that has somehow never been revived even with the prevalence of the switch like it's shocking to me that uh double dash has not gotten some kind of a switch version or a switch spin-off or something mm-hmm. um or it even should. like it, yeah it should, or, or at the very least add it to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe like why not like <laughs> put put a double dash mode in just just stick it in there You imagine Um, two
2: people sitting around a switch yelling at each other at tabletop? Always. I think Mm -hmm. about it constantly. (laughs) Uh
0: Campbell, what about you? Any any Mario favorite Mario memories?
1: So it's probably not going to come as any surprise that it's Mario Galaxy on the Wii that holds the most cherished Mario memories for Mm. me. It was the first Mario game that I really remember playing. I think I might have played Mario Sixty Four on the DS a little bit before that but galaxy was the first mario game i got invested in i got it for christmas 2007 i don't remember anything else about anything else i might have gotten uh that christmas but i just remember spending all day all morning all day just sitting in front of the tv playing mario galaxy and just being amazed by that opening sequence where you know uh the mushroom kingdom explodes basically <laughs> you know you end up <laughs> throwing into the cosmos and there's this beautiful majestic music it's just so dark and mysterious by mario standards you know and then uh for the first boss dino piranha i remember but just getting to that boss and you know the bit where uh you land on the egg and then he just kind of wanders around the planet for a bit and the conceit is that you have to hit his tail and then it bops into the egg and it breaks open and then the boss battle begins Mm -hmm. i couldn't figure that out i didn't know what i was supposed to do because i was a (laughs) stupid kid so i just spent i don't know how long running around in circles on that planet just being like what am i supposed (laughs) to do Um, maybe am i supposed to like lure him somewhere else is am i supposed to use his tail as like a plow to blow open the planet um (laughs) so and then eventually as i was just mindlessly shaking my my Wii remote and then ended up hitting the tail and i was like oh that's what i was supposed to do um a little moment of discovery there uh, mm. i was very proud of myself as a again a stupid player at the time but that's you still... to turn
2: to dust though campbell that? that game turned
0: 15 this week oh
1: i know woof i know that is a woof <laughs> moment right there it's i would terrible. i would even
0: go i would go so far as to say big oof even
1: yeah um, it, in uh nine days it will be its 15th anniversary Wow, mm.
0: that's hard to believe. I
1: am so old right now, guys. I am like ancient. <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: that's that amazing. Was Fifteen uh,
1: years ago, how much I've matured as a video game player since then. As know?
0: a video gamer, if you
1: will. No, it's just a video game player. It's very specific. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, that's Mario Galaxy. Still to this day, one of my favorite games of all time, and sure. it just gave me my passion for gaming. So it was a very important Christmas for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And and I think uh, I think one of the great things, and I love that Casey mentions this as well, is like there's something about playing a Mario game with other people, whether it's, you know, one of the more multiplayer focused ones like Mario Kart or Mario Party, or maybe to a lesser extent Super Smash Bros., or mm-hmm. even playing like one of the three D ones or a two D Mario. Like I, I even though the primary way I play Mario is is single player. There's always some joy to be had in playing a Mario game with, like, other people in the room. Like, I, I don't know what it is about Mario that makes it easier to, to like, I don't know. Like, I to me, it is easier to, like, sit down and watch someone play Mario than it is to sit down and watch someone play, like, Zelda. Like, I don't know why that is. It's just, like, something for me. It's Something, something about Mario is inherently more entertaining. I don't know if it's the music or the, the art direction or, or whatever you want to call it. But, uh... I think it's it's neat that that Casey here kind of calls out like oh I love playing it with my siblings, like there's something rewarding about that playing it with a with a, an audience or passing the controller back and forth or something like that. Um, I think that's a, a kind of a fun thing to
1: mention as well. Oh yeah, um, I, sh- I should add that my brother was sitting right next to me. My older brother, seven years older than me, uh, was sitting right next to me that Christmas morning as we were wandering around on that tiny planet trying to figure out oh, how and, to and unlock and the boss, and he couldn't figure it out either. So I guess we're just two very dumb brothers. But
0: Yeah, the, the <laughs> yeah. dumb brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, well, thank you, Casey, for the opening segment, and, uh, and I'll, I'll plug this at the end again, too, but if you are uh, a fan of the podcast and you enjoy listening to us us three idiots talking about video games uh, and you want <laughs> to. No, guys, I like you. I don't, I don't think you're idiots. Um, you're both very astute gentlemen. Um, mm, yes. If you are. <laughs> Mark, just please delete all of this. Um, <laughs> if you are listening to the podcast and you do want to ask us a question or, or write in with a stray comment or something like that, feel free to reach out to video games editor at goomastomp.com. Maybe put like an uh, express podcast in the subject line or question for Mark Campbell and Cameron and the, you know something like that so that we know that it's for us um, we'll probably take a quick break here just to I know it's a short opening segment um, or do we even need a break Mark you want us to jump right into the into the thing
2: oh we're gonna we're gonna need a break
0: <laughs> okay we need a break to, to, to kind of rev up our engines here so we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come right back and Mark is gonna talk to us about the, the action adventure uh, game we've all been waiting for So stay tuned and we'll be right back.
1: Let's get to it. We're recording. We got Lovely. that little let's get to it as well. So oh, we good.
0: Yeah, listen, it. feel free to leave that in. Um, all right, so we are back. Mark, mm-hmm. I I hate that I, like, have to ask you this, but... Cameron, uh, <laughs> it is truly freezing <laughs> in
2: hell today. The Umbra Witch, the house has fallen on her. It's terrible.
0: Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mark, of course, is referring to... Bayonetta 3, the game that he has been Mm -hmm. playing... Not God of War.
2: You got to play that one.
0: I got... Yeah, sorry. Lucky Uh, bastard. Listen, (laughs) um, sometimes somebody's got to play God of War, somebody else's got to play Bayonetta 3. Uh, Unfortunately, that situation did not play out in it, a way that was, benefited Mark. It was at um, this
1: moment that Mark quit and expressed and started the PlayStation podcast. Sure. Yeah, that's fair.
0: Listen, guys, is the time finally right to, to make that PlayStation podcast? <laughs> um, perhaps Bayonetta 3 is the game that pushes us over the edge. Mark, tell us a little bit about your, your journey with Bayonetta 3, a game mm-hmm. which, up until a couple of days ago, uh, I was pretty hyped for.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, you were.
0: That all went downhill
2: yeah. <laughs> real fast. Uh, so Bayonetta, f- so first of all, um, the original games, I've played them, Bayonetta 1 and 2. I played them back on the Wii U. And uh, I think the first game is still, it's very charming, it's very stylistic. Especially, I think, the opening cutscene where Enzo is taking a piss on uh, Hideki Kamiya's grave as Bayonetta is wow. doing like this resurrection. <laughs> it's, it, I think it's hysterical, the first cutscene in that game. But um, I I wish they were still pissing on Hideki Kamiya's grave, the director of this game, because Bayonetta 3 is a travesty, and it is absolutely horrible. I think it is actually the worst first-party game I've played on Switch, and God knows how many I've played up until this point, because I've played a lot. And I would rather play anything, and I really mean this. I would rather play anything else on Switch from Nintendo that was published by them than this game. It's not... It's not unplayable, but it is just so horrendously slow. And as a sequel to a Bayonetta game, it's terrible in itself in that regard. Hmm. And I don't, even, I don't even know where to start this travesty, how to, you know, unthread well, the needle.
0: Let's <laughs> start there. Let's start there, because that's, a, that's an, interesting, an interesting sentence that you just said. You said, as a sequel to a Bayonetta game, it's terrible. So, because uh, obviously Bayonetta 1 was released. You just mentioned it. Then Bayonetta 2 came out. So do you think so? The, so somewhere we got Bandit A One to Bandit A Two, and then Bandit A Two to Bandit A Three, and somewhere in there things went off the rails. Oh, I know where sp-
2: things exactly
0: went off the rails. Okay, it's called
2: Hideki Kamiya, this director. Yeah, he's all about scale now. All of a sudden, and he wants everything to be big and you know out there, and these big epic kaju battles and all this stuff. Uh-huh. And it's it's awful it's terrible. The game, you're basically kicking ankles the entire game against every Ah. single enemy. So first of all, it's bad in that regard where you can't even tell what you're fighting sometimes and then the combat um the, the combat itself in the original is because of how the enemies were shaped they were like you used to be able to like combo them and it was more like devil may cry and god of war in right. a sense but now it's like you can't even combo them it's just like the weight and the feel of the game is just like different so it's less combo action oriented for some reason yet it still tries to play the same way and it just doesn't work It just straight up doesn't work it's unsatisfying to look at and it's unsatisfying the feeling of it it's still again there's no bugs or anything it still works sometimes it can get fun when you're playing up against certain enemies but in that regard it's already just a downgrade and it's not like the largest downgrade in the world but it is a pretty significant downgrade if you've played the last two games so there's that for starters that's the big That's one of the big things to start about. But going back to scale, this whole game is trying to be big and grand, and like we already know this, you can't really do that in some regard on the Nintendo Switch. Right. Zelda. Well, I wanna put, I,
0: so I want to. I'm going to interrupt you there for one second because there is another big grand game that you played over the summer. Yes. Which, which. <laughs> I mean, again, a little bit different. Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Mm-hmm. One of your one big of your favorite games mm-hmm. was big and grand. So it's like, what's so to, 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 I wouldn't necessarily put it at the, at the feet of the Switch as like, oh, it's just the hardware. Yeah, I think it's, what I meant yeah.
2: by that was it, Bayonetta 3 is like one of those, it's trying to be cinematic, like those types of games where it's trying right. to take you through like all these situations and it's doing all this crazy stuff and there's these big Godzilla battles and Bayonetta transforms and she's doing this and jumping here and there and there's action segments. And it's like, it's a mess. The frame rate doesn't work half the time. Graphically, the game already the style of Bayonetta one with the, the sepia filter and how it was stylistically like Gothic horror is gone. The, the, the stylistic choices of the second one where it had more color pop to it. And it was trying to be more like, um, Yeah, it was just like a lot brighter and colorful and had like an eighties, nineties kind of feel to it. That's also gone in that one. In this one it's all like stale and bland and the the whole story is not about Bayonetta versus demons. It's now Bayonetta versus these man made abominations and it just this isn't a Bayonetta game. Like I don't know what this is. It's her traveling the multiverse to find these keys to help This girl named viola who's not even an interesting character that they try and make out but they're trying to make it as like she's a protagonist and bayonetta's a protagonist so you bounce between playing as those two characters it's just the whole production is just a mess it's so inconsistent there's plot holes everywhere the combat it just doesn't live up to the original games it's just like i can't even I, i don't even know where to like talk positive about this game which right. I didn't even think I'd be able to to say that. But, you know, when I woke up and saw, you know, we didn't get an early review copy for, for our listeners. We got a copy day one. But, um, you know, I saw all these reviews. I didn't even want to pull up their quotes because, honestly, I think it's quite... I just don't understand how these reviews reflect the game that was released because they're almost like talking about an entirely different game. And... I I just don't understand the praise for this title because first of all the story I'm looking at certain sites and I won't call out any specific names but they're saying like the story is like masterful storytelling and like listen guys I can I can explain to you the entire Metal Gear Solid chronology I just (laughs) played this game I just rolled the credits a few hours ago and I still cannot tell you what is (laughs) happening in this plot I still don't know what's going on it's the whole thing is incomprehensible Bayonetta as a character has been downgraded to this damsel in distress in a sense where she's not even it's not even the same character it's a completely different character at this point It it just doesn't reflect those last two games. And that goes to the same, you know, for her other relationships with Rodan and and John and these other characters. Even Luca. Luca comes back from the first game and he doesn't even feel like Luca. It's just like they're trying to create this entirely different narrative. I don't know. The whole thing just doesn't work. It's just. It's such a. It's hard to explain it without going deep into spoilers, but this doesn't feel like a Bayonetta game, which is odd because it has the bayonet of characters, it's in the same world, it should have the same combat from the looks of it, has a lot of the same systems and mechanics, but it's just not
0: interesting. Yeah, it's it's always a struggle to I mean again, I I'm, I'm I'm not a game developer. I'm I I am merely a writer and a podcaster, but it is always mm-hmm. a, I can imagine it is difficult to to do a any kind of a sequel to a, you know, a long-running franchise. Um, as as some again, I, we talked about uh, a little bit about God of War Ragnarok earlier, and not not to talk too much about that game, but like I appreciate that that game has a lot of re- not reverence, but like a lot of respect for the the things that were established in previous God of War games, like whether it's specific combat moves or like some storytelling beats. There's a lot of like, hey, we we acknowledge that this thing existed in previous titles, and we're gonna like kind of do a little nod to it or pay homage to it but it sounds like Bayonetta 3 is almost going in the opposite direction it sounds like characters are behaving inconsistently or like mm-hmm. acting like completely different characters yeah the or... plot
2: doesn't even have anything to do with the last two games yeah, doesn't it even just have baffling. any sort of connection and it's not even because like at first I was going to be like oh it's a different world in like Bayonetta's multiverse and maybe we'll see the original Bayonetta and that's right. not the case this is straight up a continuation of Bayonetta 2 and it does not reflect Bayonetta Two at all.
0: Huh. So uh, that's that's a that's a da- that sounds like a damn shame. Uh, Campbell, what's your what is your Okay, I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but, like, what's kind of your experience with Bayonetta? Are you, you like me, someone who has not played a single Bayonetta game?
1: I am like you, with the only caveat being that I've not played any of the games, but I keep looking at them, and I'm like, man, I should really play those games. I I, I,
0: I do that, too. I do that, too, (laughs) to be clear. I'm also like, hmm, maybe someday. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've never pulled the trigger. Um,
1: But I I think... Oh, sorry, go on.
0: No, I was just going to say, I I think you and I had a similar reaction when the trailer for Bayonetta 3 was first um, announced at that... uh, It was on a Nintendo Direct, is that right? I think it was the Game game Awards. It was the Game Awards, that's what it was. The announcement
1: trailer, yeah, it was Game Awards. That's right.
0: (laughs) Uh, And it was was like, we were all kind of like, oh my god, is this going to be the game that will make us finally play Bayonetta? And it sounds as though... That's maybe it will make us play the original bayonetta, but it certainly won't make us pick up
2: (laughs) Oh, it certainly will not. I Yeah. Again, I don't understand the critical praise for this game because there's problems all over the place. First of all, I didn't even talk about this part. The the game is filled with gimmicks. It like takes you out of the action all the time. Like there's these 2D sections, you have rail shooters, rhythm games. Like, what the heck is all this stuff? Why aren't we focusing on developing Bayonetta's combat itself. You have the infernal demons, which are these new abilities where Bayonetta can summon these giant monsters into the field and you can use them. And they're fun to use, but you get a select few of them and it's not like they have any sort of development or a progression system or anything like that. And a lot of the times, you know, some of them you lose over the course of the plot, which I've won't get into the story because I don't even the story is a complete mess I don't even it's like 70% of the game on top of that it's just constant cutscenes interrupting battles and hmm. it's just if a story is 70% of a game and you can't understand the story and the story's boring and the characterizations are bad and you know it's inconsistent with the other ones. this isn't a 10 out of 10 game. it's not even a nine out of ten game. I wouldn't even consider an eight a seven or a six. This is literally like seventy percent cutscenes, and it's constant interruptions to what you want to play, and it's just it's bad. The whole production wow. of it is just bad. The characters, I, you have no sympathy for them. Bayonetta, the opening cutscene, they make her out as like this stone cold person who like Bayonetta has always been the type of character where like she doesn't take orders; she gives them. and in this game it's like they've completely watered her down she's the only thing they got right is she's not like over sexualized in this game because for for anyone listening who doesn't know Bayonetta is a character where her clothes turn into like the demons and attacks that she's commanding so um and she's always in the cutscenes. she's been betrayed in a in a bit of a way. <laughs> in, a, in a bit of a way. Well, a, I think it, I mean, you
0: know. to, to be, to be clear, like the, the character, in a sexualized has, has, way. Well, no, yeah, but, but that's, it's, it's it's always been like, again, the game director has always been very clear about like, yeah, I, I want to make a character who people think is like cool and sexy and fun. And mm-hmm. Banita has, has very much been, you know, kind of, a, kind of the, the, the flagship best example of that, like the epitome of like, Hey, we want to make someone who feels not just sexy and fun, but is like empowered as well. and, And now she's
2: being empowered by other people in this game, which is the odd turnaround, because she almost has no power. She honestly feels like a bumbling idiot going around the multiverse, just kind of running into other versions of herself and getting things done after she's being told to go do something. It's like, it's very odd. And then the other thing I'll bring up is that in the original two Bayonetta games, Bayonetta had a relationship with the girl named Jean, which is spelled out like Jean. Mm -hmm. But they pronounce it as like Jean but it's always been implied that it's like a lesbian couple. And in this game, um, they made her in love with the character from the first game, Luca. And it's,
0: it just doesn't
2: work. It's like, it's really, it's really odd. And I just don't understand any of the decisions behind it. And they almost make it seem like this relationship between them, this lover's relationship has existed forever. But I, I went back to make sure because I wanted to rewatch the cutscenes from the older games. And this has, like, never been a thing. It, it just hasn't. And it's just, like, it's super odd. And You're I don't talking know about your, why.
0: You, when you say this has never been a thing, are you talking about, like, like straight vibes? Yeah, straight vibes. Like her uh-huh. being with a man and stuff like that. Like it,
2: It's see, never see, been a thing before. And I don't have a problem with it if it's written right. But the thing is, is that it's not explained at all and it's not the writing is terrible to begin with but uh she has no characterization she's just being like bossed around by everyone else it's really mm. odd it's just at first i was like oh it's not going to be the original bayonetta we played as because she's traveling the multiverse and stuff and maybe this is another version of her where she actually falls in love with luca and we're gonna sure. come which, across which could the be original inter-
0: which yeah then that could be interesting
2: but no that that doesn't happen no but that this is happen. just this is just a <laughs> this is just a, a hideki kamiya has gone completely off the rails his vision is absolutely horrifying as a continuation to bayonetta it's it's just not bayonetta like (laughs) it's it's just not it's a poor action adventure game and in a time where you know like i don't expect this to be like a god of war like of course i don't like it's on it's on the switch guys like it you know i i'm not expecting that kind of scale but the thing is that this game looks worse it plays worse the narrative is worse than the original two Bayonetta games. And those are on Switch. And they look great because they're extremely stylized games. They have specific combat quirks. But this right. game, is it doesn't reflect any of that. And I'm i am just confused because I'm seeing... The game is sitting at... What is it sitting at right now? An 89 on Metacritic? I got to check really quick.
0: I haven't looked, yeah. Metacritic
2: Bayonetta 3. What is it sitting at? Sitting at an 88% right now from Critics. 88
0: Interesting. Okay.
2: And... There's a few perfect hundred scores on here. And I just, like, I just don't get it. I don't see where all this praise is from.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating to me. Because, like, again, it would be one thing if it was like, wow, the, the you know, the the way they've characterized her or, like, the way they've had her... You know, uh, act in certain story beats is is very untrue to her character. But at least the gameplay is good. But it sounds like you don't even game think so. It's not even. That's yeah, it's that's not the interesting even. thing. That's the fascinating thing to me. It's because like, like okay. At the end of the day, video games should be fun to play. Fun right? to like play. That's, but it's thirty.
2: It's like thirty percent like gameplay. And the gameplay not only doesn't live up to the originals, but now it's on more of like these open world, not open worlds, but like these open levels where you're supposed to go explore and stuff, but they're completely barren and have nothing to do in them. And since the color palette now, it literally looks like a Zack Snyder film. That's the best thing to compare it to. This thing is like dark and grainy and it's missing all the personality of Bayonetta 1 or the personality of Bayonetta 2. It's trying to do its own thing but the thing is, it doesn't compare to either one of those. Because if those use the same color palette as this one, I just don't like like the color palette or the tone or anything to begin with. Because it's just like, it just doesn't reflect the character. But even then, the original two games were super stylistic. They had certain choices. The first one was gothic horror mixed with the, the CPI filter. So it had like that you know that yellow and green orange color tone to it but it had like those gothic horror elements and the second one had like all this color pop and it was bright blue and it was like it was very stylized and they look fantastic on switch but this game just looks dark and grainy and depressing and like it's it's just not Bayonetta it doesn't flaunt any of her energy that was in the other two games, especially Mm -hmm. when, you know, especially in in terms of characterization, you know, forget gameplay, gameplay, let alone, you know, forget it. It's, it's, it's just not Bayonetta. It's not. And I, I don't understand the critical reception, especially when there's all these like gimmicks in it that are like annoying like again yeah, rail shooters rhythm games why is all this stuff it's like they don't even want to make a bayonetta game it's like they're trying to make like a mini game hodgepodge of nonsense
0: yeah that sounds really strange to me so so okay kind of going back to something you said at the very start here if i mean again i i don't who knows if this is the i'm assuming this is you know i'm assuming this is meant to, to be a trilogy like i probably imagine,
2: based on right? the ending. Based on the ending, Probably. so I
0: i can't imagine they're gonna unless they do like like the reboot thing. Like maybe they will. Who knows? Maybe they will pull a God of War and make like they'll just call it Bayonetta and they you know no no number after it. Mm-hmm. um Like if you if they were gonna you know speaking of multiverses, there's a multiverse. Bayonetta three looks completely different as a Switch game. What do you want in that? multiverse version of Bayonetta 3. Like how do you fix how do you fix this game, Mark? What's what do we what do we do, do to make fix it good? It? You just yeah.
2: gotta start from scratch and avoid everything that was made in this game. Wow because okay. it's also trying to go for like this Kaju, you know, Godzilla versus Godzilla monster scale. It doesn't work. The the fights are so the boss battles in this game are Are so incredibly boring they're usually like these 2d things where it's usually like the first one is like a literal Godzilla fight where it's like a rock paper scissors and at first because of the cutscene I'm like getting pumped for it I'm like okay this is gonna be awesome and then how do they move they move slower as it's the slowest fight I've ever seen in a video game they literally slowly go up to each other the health bar it only takes like five hits to take out the guy fight took me like 12 minutes
0: Wow! Wow! <laughs> it's okay.
2: terrible. It is. That's I can't believe time. anyone would approve this. It's awful. It's literally like a m you can complete a Monster Hunter quest in that time. Like this is just. It's embarrassing. I would be embarrassed if I had my name wow. on. Wow!
0: This. this is this is. Uh, the longer this conversation goes on, the more I'm realizing. Like wow, the uh, the hatred is real. Um, that's a shame. That's a damn shame, and I'm and I'm sorry to hear it. Is there like Surely you must have had a couple of, of moments of like, I'm having an okay time. Or was it really just like it started off bad and it, and it, and it kept going downhill from there? It started off mild. Okay. <laughs> and it
2: just kept getting worse. And uh, there, there are some, you know, there are some fights that are enjoyable. But um, listen, if you're, if you only play on the Switch and. You say, like, I don't care about graphics or frame rate or story or anything like that, and you want to skip through all the cutscenes and have a a four-hour game where you literally just mash the same buttons the whole time. Maybe you'll enjoy this game. I don't know. Me, personally, I have standards. I think it's garbage. I think it's the worst first-party game I've played on Switch. And I really stand
0: by that. So if you don't have standards, go ahead and play this game. And if you are like Mark, an intellectual and have standards, <laughs> maybe skip this one. Um, oh, Campbell, you want to? You want any, any questions for Mark? Any, go any, uh... go
2: play the first bayonetta, and then go look at <laughs> sure. this. Just sure. look at a video, night and day. Literally, in terms of color palette, but <laughs> it's like it, literally night and day. It's like the production is below sea level. It is embarrassingly low, and I, I can't believe how much critical acclaim i'm seeing for this it's i've never been this distant from the critics and like you guys know that Mm. like this is the farthest i've been if we were to give this like out of a 10 scale i would give this like a three
0: damn that's fascinating
1: nice (laughs) i feel like i can't even ask or add anything onto that because i don't want to uh fan the flames of fury any further but uh wow uh the one that i do wonder though is as you've been talking about this you've said a few times it's not bayonetta C- compared to the other games it's fallen flat on this that or the other thing but if you don't have standards and if you're not familiar with the other bayonetta <laughs> games could you possibly get a little more enjoyment out of it because like i've played like the dmc game, campbell so campbell yeah. you're gonna
2: have no idea what's going on in the story I didn't well, know what okay, was going on. Mark, I couldn't Mark, figure Mark, it out, interject. and I played the other ones Mark,
1: let me interject here. I could not give less of a whatever you want to say about story in an action game. Like <laughs> yes, I but the at, here's the
2: problem. Here's the problem. It's seventy percent of the game. It's cutscenes every ten minutes. It's like <laughs> in between every fight, there's like a cutscene or something. Story is the majority of this game, and if you're gonna be majority story, guess what? You gotta have a good story. How could you sit through anything like this? If I weren't reviewing this, I would have probably quit after like the first two hours. But I sat through the full twelve-hour experience, and it's bad, it's just bad.
0: That's, I hate uh, it. <laughs> wow! There <you> uh, go. <laughs> a, a, a stunning, a stunning end to uh, to Mark's rant here. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, that's a damn shame about Bayonetta 3, And I didn't even
2: talk about the the cheap Metal Gear (laughs) Solid-esque 2D sections where you play a Jean, which at first I was like, oh my god, they're doing like a Jean Cowboy Bebop, has like this awesome intro. No, it's a 2D prototype for a stealth game that feels unfinished. It's so laughably bad, the combat in it. It's just all gimmicks the whole way through. The levels are like 300 seconds each. It's terrible. It's just terrible. Laughable production.
0: Wow, well, shoot. I mean, I, I don't want to make you uh, pop off on this any more than you already have. Uh, but any <laughs> any final thoughts on Bayonetta three, or do you just want to say like read my review on Goomba Stomp and and call it a night as far as Bayo goes? Well, you
2: could read my review, but I don't know when it's going to be up because I don't know how long that rant's going to be. So uh, oh sure, but I'll ten, say this for ten now. Ten thousand words later. <laughs> just... If you wanna, if you want an action game right now and you own a PS four. Uh, go play God of War mm-hmm. or you can play the first Bayonetta because that's also available on that system if you're that's a Switch right. user, go play Bayonetta 1 and 2 good games uh, just don't play this game it's bad, and I don't even say that because I'm not even like also I should say this um, Jennifer Hale who took over as Bayonetta for this game oh, good yes, performance, yes, yes. she has a great performance Sure, she, unnoticeable the change from the old actor to the new one does a fantastic job as Bayonetta
0: that's good listen there you go that we can we can end it on that at least um mm-hmm. I know that's there was a, that's
2: probably the only positive to this
0: i was gonna say there was a little uh, a little controversy uh between not between <laughs> yeah. us but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, kind of about the the casting of the performances in this game uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's good to hear that that jennifer hale is uh, is killing a it she, she's a f- it. Yeah. phenomenal voice actor um in featured in many many video games mm-hmm. and uh Stepped stepped into the role of of Bayonetta. Yeah, I knew this, she was. I knew entry. she was going to
2: do fine, and she yeah. delivered perfect. It, literally, if you never told me that she was replaced the original actor, I would have never noticed.
0: Fair enough. Um, good to hear. Uh, well, let's let's end on that at least because that's at least a semi positive note. If that's <laughs> uh, if that's okay with you, Mark, uh, we're going to take one more quick break and then wait for this motorcycle to drive by, and then we're going to. Uh, <laughs> come right back and talk about a It's me driving away from this <laughs> catastrophe It's <laughs> yes, Mark, Mark popping a wheelie as he rips down the street to, to get away from Bandit 3 uh, We're going to have one, one more quick break come back and talk about It Takes to a co-op game finally brought to Switch, so stay tuned and we shall return Oh boy! All right, so we're back, Campbell. I know that you have been playing. It takes two. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, shall we? Shall we just dive right in? So you played this game. Did you play it all the way through? Did you, did you end up finishing it?
1: I did not finish it just yet. I'm around Fair like enough. halfway okay. through or so. I think. Oh, great.
0: Okay, great. That, that, more More than enough. Uh, more than enough to to talk about it in a, in a. Oh boy, what was I gonna say? More than enough to talk about it in a knowledgeable fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also played this game. Uh, you played it with your uh, with your with your partner, is that right?
1: Yes, I did. Played it with my girlfriend. And Incredible.
0: And, and how's that going for you?
1: <laughs> Our relationship has survived. At okay, least, good. Okay, um, <laughs> good. And it is a great game for couples to play for many reasons. <laughs> so. Excellent. Well,
0: well, let's let's get right into it. So, so Takes it two came out last winter. Uh, no, hold on, last spring actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in twenty twenty one, it came out in like what April, May, something like that. Um, maybe, oh boy, God, this is freaking pandemic brain. So It Takes Two came out uh, uh, over a year ago at this point um, on, uh, d- uh, not the Switch, on, on PlayStation and on Xbox. Uh, uh, a Joseph Ferris joined, uh, Joseph Ferris, the creator of this game, the director of Hazelight Studios, very much concerned about how can we make games that are uh, like promote co-op Uh, It's like same couch co-op like but but he also expanded that with with it takes two specifically he was like I want to make I want to make a game that is not only co-op but you can you can play it with anybody that you has an internet connection like anybody who you want to play with you can play it with them. And now the game is finally on Switch, because to me this game was like it felt like it was designed for Switch. The first time I played it, the characters are even red and blue like the <laughs> Joy-Con. It's crazy. Yep. The first time I saw the trailer for this game, I was like, oh, it, it must be being ported to Switch at some point. And then it wasn't for a long time, and now it's finally here. So, so Campbell, why don't you why don't you walk us through a little bit about what this game is and what it's like playing it on the Switch?
1: Oh yeah, 100%. So I totally agree with you, Cameron. Like, this game was just meant for Switch from the very beginning. And my review on Goobastop, I opened with that exact statement. Just being like, this game should have been on Switch from the beginning. And it took us over a year to get there. But I'm just so glad that it is. It is a perfect fit for the platform and what i think is so amazing about it takes two especially on switch is that the switch is like the de facto local multiplayer console right you got mario kart sure. you've got smash bros you've got lots of party games you've got all this great stuff that's great to play with other people in the room with your friends your family your loved ones but the thing about those multiplayer games is a lot of them are about like mini games and racking up high scores and competition and stuff you don't have a lot of multiplayer games that are actually substantive adventures that are stories that require really deep cooperation between players and that's what it takes two is all about it's a narrative driven 3d uh, action platformer puzzle platformer i should say it's about a husband and wife their marriage is not really going too great they that's, let their daughter yeah, know not, that great, that they're not great not great bob to, yeah yeah it's not it ain't going too hot, but they sure. let their daughter know they're gonna get a divorce, uh, and she doesn't take it too well. She goes and plays with some dolls. Uh, she cries on the dolls, and then as you know, naturally happens whenever a significant character cries on something in a really fantastical story. Those dolls come to life, and the husband and wife end up turning into those dolls. That's right. Well,
0: an important distinction here, Campbell. So it's not that the husband and wife are transformed into dolls, it's that their souls right. are you. transferred into the dolls. So the husband and wife are still you know in separate you know, in separate locations in the house, are still like like asleep on the yeah, couch. They're just sleepy. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're just <laughs> yeah, they're still right, like right. their bodies are present, but their souls have been transferred into the dolls. So the kind of the crux of the game is okay, how do we get out of these dolls, yeah?
1: How do we get out of those dolls? How do we, you know, get back into our human forms, communicate with our daughter, and, you know, maybe fix a relationship along the way? Who maybe, knows? maybe. Question mark? Yes. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, so the whole crux of the game is just their adventures around the house, outside the house, other dimensions, all this good stuff, uh, to eventually come back to their human forms. And along the way, it's just so many... It's just so recklessly creative. It's like the best way I could describe wow. it. Wow,
0: recklessly creative. Can you can you quantify that term, please?
1: Just because you think about little not dolls, quantify,
0: qualify. Yeah, qualify.
1: I, I can give you an, an an exact number of instances where it's very creative. We'll <laughs> quantify it. Come up with a formula and an equation for it. Uh, but no. But what I mean by that is that the concept itself is really imaginative. You're these little dolls running around the house, and you can already, just by that idea, think of all these little scenarios that can come up like, oh, you're little dolls, and you're, you know, rendering around the kitchen, and maybe you're trying to figure out how to get across the sink or whatever, right? Like, just these kind of relatively mundane ideas. But after it starts out with this little introduction where you're getting the grips of the controls, you start to encounter other characters and the also come to life in this scenario but it goes into so many different areas different ideas it goes beyond that initial premise to encapsulate where every section of the game every level has really extremely different and unique mechanics to it right so early on uh so it's a two-player game each character the husband and the wife you get uh one character gets like a nail that you can use to you know throw onto pieces of wood in the distance stick nails in there and then the other character gets a head of a hammer which can be used to you know hit things break things and used to swing on those nails right and Mm -hmm. so you start that level and you think great i've got my first item this is going to be a mechanic that accompanies me throughout the rest of the game it does not It's it nice. just discarded like discarded just after one idea. minutes exactly yes. after minutes and then you have another mechanic the next level and now suddenly you're in a treehouse or you're in a tree you're fighting off a wasp infestation there is a street fighter style boss fight with a squirrel oh God, you're yes. controlling a plane while your other character is fighting that squirrel like there's just so many crazy weird things like that you go to space and you fight a baboon in an astronaut costume like there's so many crazy <laughs> yeah. weird scenarios like that that's what I I mean there's just it goes so far with this concept and the best thing about it is it's not just really cool gameplay ideas but you don't have many games that not only have creative ideas but also force you to work with another player to do so it's a new dimension of gameplay that you just don't have that much Because you have the nail, you have the hammer, but it's not just you using them on your own. You have to coordinate. You have to talk to your other player. You have to say, okay, I need a nail over here so I can swing there. And then you need a nail here to press this button so a platform appears under me while I swing off the nail and land there. And that's just a simple example. You have to do that over and over again. So many different forms and permutations of it. Just, it really goes, it makes the most of the idea of a local multiplayer only Kind of yeah. game, yeah, and think. and I think that's
0: an important distinction, Campbell. Loki multi, not not just local, multi, blah, I can't speak, not just local multiplayer, but local like only local right. multiplayer. I think that's a great. I'm, I'm glad that you that you phrase it that way. Uh, local multiplayer only. Um, right. A lot of games like this, like uh, to bring up another uh, Joseph Ferris game. Uh, he he also did Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have played that game but that is a uh, it is a a uh, (laughs) it's a single player game but the player controls two characters right Um, so each character is tied to a to a thumbstick Um, in this game you you only control one character but you you have to play the game to play there's no there's no single player option for it takes two it's literally in the title it takes two you cannot beat the game without a second player can't even play the game with
2: controllers, you could try. Listen, I, you know <laughs> you someone on
0: someone that. on YouTube has yeah, Masahiro
2: has, Sakurai. <laughs> <laughs>
0: someone point, has honestly. someone out there has done that, I'm sure. But uh, but like the kind of the spirit of the game is is meant to be played with with another human being. Uh, and Campbell, I love that you made that distinction. Like you do, it's it's at its best. When you're sitting next to somebody, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily someone that you love, but someone that you someone that you enjoy playing games with and spending time with, and uh, it makes the game so much richer. It's much more of an enjoyable experience in, in that regard. Um, it's worth noting, this game won, again, like, award shows are meaningless. Like, I, I want to, for me, awards... They mean nothing. The Oscars, I don't care about them. Uh, but it is at least worth noting that this game did win Game of the Year last year at the Game Awards, um, Jeff Keighley's annual showcase of uh, kind of award ceremony of games that came out that year. So this game did win the the top award as the Game of the Year for for that year, which is kind of interesting. Um, and I don't know if that's just like kind of like a kind of like a gimmick or like a pandemic thing of like oh we we all just you know we all need to connect with each other or what. But I think it's worth noting. Um, that uh, Game of the Year, It Takes Two, is finally available on the Nintendo Switch. I think it's sort of an interesting thing to mention. Um, What do you think, Campbell? Would you call it the Game of the Year of 2021?
1: you know i haven't completely finished the game just yet so i can't comment on that but from what i have played it's really extraordinary again you come to a multiplayer game you have a certain idea of what it's going to be like it takes two is nothing like that it's unlike any other multiplayer game on switch in particular which i think is the most again the most impressive thing given how many co-op games are on the platform it's a really valuable addition to the switch um and just there's so many things about it. like i've already talked about just the creativity and the mechanics but just the whole setup of the game the whole story too the story can be surprisingly poignant so far too like yeah i would agree oh with dear. you you know it it goes into some directions <laughs> that aren't uh family friendly perhaps <laughs> so
0: well i i, I wouldn't say listen like family friendly I'll take the uh, for me. It's like it's like the Spielberg. This, I would rather take the, the Spielberg approach where it's like, yeah, it's quote unquote family friendly, but it's also kind of real. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, like, mm-hmm. like like this game.
1: I, g- I remember that it, at the Game Awards, it won best family game over like <laughs> Kirby. I think or not Kirby. It was Mario Party and a few other games where it's just like, really though. Like this right. is. Not- I have a I, a, I have a question child, for you. But,
2: yeah. Campbell, how is, it- is Hannah's skill level with games? <laughs>
1: That's okay. funny. Um I don't know how much i should go into this but it's yeah, not, hannah
0: if you're she, listening it's not personal yeah uh, all i have
1: to say i just is, gotta is, know you know
2: yeah for uh, my personal buying choices all i know? gotta
1: say is get good hannah but uh um, whoa aside from that though she she doesn't play these kinds of games very often and the, right. that actually does get to uh one of the really fun things about this game is that you can be terrible at games but it's still fun to play it takes two even if you're messing up there's no consequences for failure you can die but it's not like there's a game over or anything so a lot of times you can shoot end up you know just walking off the stage and not knowing you know or just running and then not seeing a curve and run off the platform and die and that's okay it's funny you know um Mm -hmm. and the mechanics they're all fairly easy to grasp even the sections that you think would be difficult like boss battles um there's still again it's not an easy game but it's intuitive, I'd say. So even if you're not a pro gamer, even if you don't play a lot of you know 3D platformers, you can still come to grips with it pretty easily. And even if you're not you know you're in it together it's not like you're gonna be alone and suffering if you don't know how to play a a platformer right you're gonna be there with a partner you're going through it together and that's really one of the elements that makes the game so fun that interpersonal element where it's not just you're playing a game together you're spending time with hopefully someone you love or enjoy being around and you have so many fun different scenarios going into that that it's just a really cool memorable fun funny hilarious ride at times
0: yeah I think that's uh, that's a great point. Like the stakes, Mark, are really low, you know. Like e- even though, like you, you know, you, as we've said many times, you can't beat the game unless you're playing with another player. Like it's not like, oh my god, I only have three three lives left or mm-hmm. something like that. It's like you, you, like you can try things an mm. unlimited amount of time. The stakes are very gotcha. low in in terms of like the mechanics. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not like. There's a couple of sections where it's like, okay, you do have to be fairly dexterous to like to, to achieve this in a in a decent way. But the checkpoints are very generous, um, even on the tricky platforming or puzzling sections. It's like you pretty much know what you need to do. Um, Campbell, have you gotten to the um, what's the world? It's like, I don't know the name of it, but it's like the ice world
1: yet. I have not gotten to that. No. Okay.
0: There, there's like a, there's there's an ice world and there's a uh a fairly difficult platforming section uh Mm -hmm. but even even with that like it's entirely optional like you don't have to do it if you want to just Mm -hmm. kind of keep playing through the main story gosh the the game is very clear about like hey this is critical path and this is a mini game this is an optional thing you can engage in if you choose to like the game does a really good job of um of giving players the freedom to to kind of mess around on their own yeah. or just kind of crank through the main story. I think it does a decent job at that, I think.
1: Yeah, and the mm-hmm. mini games. Yeah, this is a game. Too.
0: Yes.
2: Oh, that's good to know.
1: Oh
0: yeah, yeah, the, lot, oh yeah Campbell sorry mention that again because I think we, we kind of talked over you a little bit there in terms yeah, of the minigames
1: that's fine the minigames are fantastic and yes. they're all like you were saying Cameron they're all entirely optional you don't have to get to them and some of them are just right alongside the main path on the level some of them you have to seek out a little bit um, but they mm. they really run the range there's like a whack-a-mole minigame that's really fun uh, there's an arcade kind of game too where you are like little tanks and you have to blow each other up and there's no stakes in them either like they're not required at all there's not even I don't know if there's even a tracker or anything about like you have to complete these mini games to unlock this or that it's just something uh, fun that you can I, do. I,
0: unless but, things have changed significantly from the PlayStation version I doubt it um, okay. in, in the again Switch doesn't have achievements so I, I, you don't have to worry about that but <laughs> yeah, on the, on that's the, the thing mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's a PlayStation trophy associated with like did you at least play every mini game but you don't even have to like like engage with them for long it's like literally did you like look at them you know so it's like again you're playing on switch you don't have to worry about this at all but mm-hmm. but e- even the commitment to the mini games you don't even have to play them extensively or anything like that
2: yeah this is a game i've always wanted to play with uh, my girlfriend but sure. i just wasn't sure if it's like if it's you know like a skill level is needed to it oh,
0: no, i i don't really think so and and here's the other thing mark like because there are some char- there are some scenarios where like uh, Cody or May, those are the player characters' names, where Cody. You know they have one mechanic associated with them, and May has another mechanic associated with her. And mm. uh, like worst comes to worst, you can always swap controllers. If you're like, damn it, I don't want to be the nail, I want to be the hammer. It's like, great, you just trade controllers, <laughs> no big deal. Gosh, gotcha, you know?
1: okay. I spent that yeah. whole level wishing that I was the hammer, but you know, <laughs> I was sticking onto the nail the whole time. And also, she did text me. I should add when you were asking about her skill level and everything, she did text me and say, make sure on the podcast you say that you wouldn't have been able to figure out the game's puzzles without your smart, amazing girlfriend. So. <laughs> there's that and to be fair you know perhaps perhaps she still still get good mechanics wise she could help figure out some of the some of the puzzles there so there's that
0: (laughs) that's that's a great point yeah Uh, it's a great uh, game to play with your partner for sure there you (laughs) go thank you for chiming (laughs) in uh thank you for chiming in hannah um i love that uh yeah mark i I would recommend it playing with, with with a partner i think it's i think it's well worth it Um and it's fun and, and you just might find out something about your relationship <laughs> um it's also we, we got it campbell you got to talk about the the
1: book oh man dr Hakim.
0: dr Hakim. The
1: doctor of love
0: dr Hakim, the i love doctor you got to fix your relationship like I he's very him. silly he's the yeah best. he's 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 great uh there, there's an anthropomorph Anth- oh, boy. Anthropomorphic. Anthro- God damn it. I can't say it. Uh, Campbell, <laughs> take it away.
1: He is an anthropomorphic book that advises Cody and May on how to fix their relationship, sometimes actively blocking off the easy way forward so that way they can take the long way out and you know, focus on fixing their relationship. Uh, he is a book that their daughter was reading to supposedly fix their relationship, fix mommy and daddy's uh, marriage, uh, and then turns into, you know, this wonderful mustachioed, uh, charismatic book that just follows you around everywhere introduces a lot of levels. I love him, I love him very much. I don't know what happens with him at the end of the game. I assume that just knowing where this is going, he's gonna be a boss battle or something, or something's gonna go horribly wrong. But for now, I really like him.
0: <laughs> That's extremely funny. Um, I, uh, I again no spoilers. Uh, but Campbell, Thank you sir. don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about the book. He's fine. Uh, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Um, yeah it's it's an enjoyable romp I I thoroughly enjoyed playing It Takes Two and uh, it it is truly unique like it's it's one of those games that you play and you're like wow more games should be like this like at least in my opinion it's right like it it, it, obviously (laughs) It's it's very easy for us on the on the gamer side of it to be like, wow, we more developers should create completely uh, co-op only video games. Like, how hard could it be? It's like, <laughs> uh, obviously, you could hear the sarcasm in my voice as I say that. Um, it is a massive undertaking to to create a game that is solely co-op focused, mm-hmm. but it takes two. Does a, does a phenomenal job, and I would love to see more like AAA publishers kind of take up the gauntlet that Joseph Ferris has thrown down and uh, and, and attempt to make more games like this. Because I think there's there's really... It's, it's got something so compelling about it. Like, even if you don't love, you know, like, I don't want to play as a little doll. I don't want to play, like, weird kind of one-off mechanical segments. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even if you don't love that part of it, there's something extremely compelling about the design of the game. And, and I would, I don't know, personally, I would love to see more like it um in 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 time to come you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah for sure the only thing that's a shame is i thought you know i guess it's not really possible with this game but to make it like simplify it to the to the uh, single Joy-Con control scheme but uh yeah that certainly
1: wouldn't be possible with a game like this yeah that's exactly it the switch port is excellent i should say that like it runs and looks great on switch uh i mean you know you have i was to- shocked
0: can i tell you campbell i was shocked to hear that Oh yeah, Like, as a guy, because I played it on PS5, so I, I was like, wow, this game is, like, firing at all cylinders, it's 60 FPS, it looks right. insane, like, all this stuff, but to hear that it's rock-solid on Switch is, is really heartening, I think, it's, oh, really, yeah. it's
1: really great. I mean, it's none of those adjectives that you just described uh, on Switch, <laughs> you know, it doesn't run 60, 60 frames per second, the graphics are not going off the charts, but considering the limitations of the platform you know it is running at a solid 30 frames per second constantly the only times i noticed uh, any slight frame rate dips were like at moments where it transitions from gameplay to cutscene or vice versa uh, which is fine because it's not like you really need to have solid performance and instant reaction times or Mm -hmm. anything in those moments and the resolution too is solid as well i mean a lot of textures are a lot muddier and um more simple than they are on their playstation or xbox counterparts and you know there's a lot of lot less detail in the environments but if you're playing this game portably you're not even going to notice all of that you know what matters is that you're able to see what the game's art direction looks like see the environment see how what you're going to get going to do and that the performance can support that right
2: and i guess one last question you get a free copy of the
1: game for a second do. person okay yep, you get the friend pass uh because was- i was going to say that's
2: great to have if you know you're playing it on one tv and then you know if you're in separate
1: locations just to be able to continue the same progress exactly yeah uh, i played the vast majority of my time i played it online multiplayer not locally uh, and that mm. was great it ran perfectly and uh you know the friend pass was not available during the review period but i'm sure that that works perfectly fine too given everything else about the online performance in the game mm-hmm. So, yeah I'll have, to, I'll have to try subject. that out because I, I played this game
0: mostly locally but I would love to try like I, I should I should contact my my friend who who has a ps5 and be like hey do you want to try playing online with me like I, I would love to, to to attempt the the friend pass thing I think that's such a smart idea and again something that's like <laughs> I don't know you, you don't see a lot of that in video games a very profit driven Again, it's it's capitalism. Like, that's the system we live under. Like, obviously everything is profit-driven. But it's interesting that that uh, Hazelight Studios was like, nope, if you buy this game, you get a copy of it for free. Like, that's crazy, you know? Like, people don't do that. I think it's very cool.
1: It is very cool, and it's really heartening to see how successful the game has been, too. You know, you were talking about um, all the critical acclaim it's gotten, and it's also sold millions of copies, too, which is wonderful to see such oh, creative games having such success and i really hope that switch players give it a chance as well because like i said a few times it's just a really amazing addition to the switch's co-op library and it's a very valuable addition to it too showing off a new angle of local and online multiplayer it's just an excellent conversion um given how technical technically advanced and complicated the game is it just came out fantastically on Switch. Anybody who wants a great new multiplayer game, or just to, even if you have somebody else that you want to play a game with and you want to experience a really cool platformer with a really cool story, give it a shot. Really can't recommend the Switch port enough.
0: I love that. Uh, great that's, that's great. That's great. Honestly, great to hear. Yeah, and Campbell, I'm assuming you've, you, you, I, I think I, I, I want to say I read your review on the website. That's already up and about, right?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, it went up like yesterday.
0: Oh, good. There it is. Uh, With It Takes Two on Switch, Nintendo's co-op catalog gets even better. There it is. Um, I love that. Well, uh, anything else we got to say about It Takes Two before we call it a night? It's a good game. (laughs) (laughs) That's my
1: deep analysis. That's that's good. good
2: to hear after,
0: you know.
1: Yeah, I I've
0: after you know certain <laughs> other games that people on this podcast have been playing. Yes,
1: Yeah, it's a good game. <laughs> I'm trying to do a Hakeem
0: voice, uh, Doctor Hakeem voice. Hey, the game is good, Campbell. It's good. Okay, that's probably questionable at best. Um, <laughs> Sounded more like Watto. You know? he's kind of like Watto. To be clear, he's he's very y uh, <laughs> No, he's kind of like a he's kind of like a Latin lover stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like very. Hey, like, little
2: uh, boy, and should play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I'm a doidarian. My switch. tricks don't work on me. Like, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so make sure you check out uh, Star Wars. Uh, episode,
2: episode 1, one <laughs> Phantom Menace. <laughs>
1: It, yes, Doctor Hakim's junkyard or something. oh uh, um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all part of it. Um, you should
2: go play at takes Two. <laughs> takes Two. <laughs>
1: Bandit of oh.
0: Threes and uh, garbage. Oh, there it is. Yes. Why is it in um, Italian? Um, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's tying it back to, the, it. The, to our Mario segment at the start of the, um, at the start all of the episode. Callbacks. It's See it all, all yeah, callbacks. it all comes back together. Um, anyway, with that, we're going to wrap it there. I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter. I'm at Action my writing is over on Goomastomp.com. I recently reviewed God of War Ragnarok for the PlayStation 5, and I expect to have a few more articles written about that very game released over the next couple of days uh mark where can people find you on the internet
2: find me on instagram and twitter at the markel that's mark with the a c cal with a k you can find my work over on kumbastomp.com right now i have over on the website a um <laughs> review for ghostbusters um spirits unleashed that's what it's called uh game's good so uh it's fun it's super fun it's uh it's it's fun but it has its problems i hope it gets some updates over time and they improve it but it's a it's a pretty interesting game so i would say go check that out and read about it uh i'll have a bayonetta 3 review but uh yeah you all know how that one's gonna end just in (laughs) five thousand words of terror and destruction
1: yeah so yeah await that one very soon
0: there you go. Uh, uh, Campbell, what about yourself?
1: Yeah, you can find my games right in over at Goombastomp.com. Check out my written review of It Takes Two. Given what we've been talking about for the past 20 minutes, you can probably assume how that review ends, too. It's a good game. And please stay tuned for an indie game spotlight coming up this weekend. If you want to catch me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Campbellisguil, uppercase CSG. Lovely. N-Express is also on
0: social media. We're on Twitter at N-ExpressNintendo. Make sure you... Uh, give us a, a, what do you call it, a follow before <laughs> before Twitter implodes. Um, don't forget to uh, rate, review, subscribe, on all your favorite podcast platforms of choice. Uh, it always helps us get more listeners. And uh, as we referenced at the beginning of this episode, if you do want to send a little listener email in, we are... On, available on email uh, this email video games editor at goombastomp.com make sure you put an uh, express podcast in the subject line or something like that so we know it's uh, something we can talk about on the show thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time.